0: all right, so the green theology what's up I um I'm kinda just chilling doing some outdoor recordings I um. I don't know. I think I've just, um, witnessed some kind of a a drug pickup spot or some kind of pickup spot. (laughs) Um, one guy went back behind this area when I was first recording before I started eating some food. And then I ate my food. This other guy probably... Call it maybe twenty minutes later comes by and goes back to the same area real quick and comes out a bit, so I don't know people like leaving stuff uh and other people picking it up. It might be nothing, but it's kind of weird <laughs> uh-huh, I don't know this parking lot where I hang at. Where i chill and just people watch and stuff. It's not too late, 6.40 p.m. But this parking lot, you know, there's usually people out here. The car that's almost always parked here, I noticed a couple weeks ago. I think that was the day I saw police and I think they were having it get removed. I don't know if that was what was happening at that day, but I noticed after that day I never saw that car again. And I saw it before then. Like at least a year it's been there almost every day um with these uh those metallic kind of uh window like those things you put in the windows and usually sometimes the door is even slightly open. I've seen somebody go in and out of it they usually stow a bike in front of it and now all I see is something that looks like it's wrapped up in a tarp and I can't tell if it's belongings or a person um sleeping. I don't know guys, this parking lot's, I don't know what to even say. It's not like a shady place, but I mean like, you know, LA's becoming a whole different, you know, people are doing whatever they're doing. Um, and it's not even the middle of the night. It's like, you know, first night of Kwanzaa, uh, holidays just ended for most people. For some people, they're still going. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to talk about this video that I saw not that long ago, um, on Shalise and page. It's not a new video, but it has an ex-Jehovah's Witness talking about his extreme isolation experiences that were caused by that religion. And, you know, I, I, I don't really like the sexual ones. I skip pretty much all of the ones. About like marriages and and ab- these different types of abuses and stuff. Like I don't really want to get to like, I don't know. I've I've been informed enough about that that I feel like I, I just don't like listening to it. Because it gets in my head and I'm like, I don't want to be thinking about this stuff. Uh, everyone has their limits, right? And it's like, I kind of have my limits with things where I'm like, this isn't healthy for me. Uh, I think it's very informative. One reason why I like videos about cults and stuff is because, you know, it's easy, and someone mentioned this, and, you know, I've noticed it too, because I always had, like, a fascination with the Amish, with other certain groups that weren't the group of religion that I grew up in, I always like looking and seeing and being like, okay, like, these people are doing this, and, like, you know, but I, I noticed, you know, no matter who I interact with, no matter what religion or what background, humans will be humans, you know, There's always going to be good ones who actually care, and they're the ones that leave a really big impression where you're like, wow, that person was really kind and loving, and it doesn't matter what the religion is. I find that a lot of times those people don't really shove it down your neck. It's like they practice their religion and do it in their own way, and you might witness them doing it, but they're not ever like, you need to do this because you're going to go to hell if you don't, or whatever. You just... They, they lead by example, and it leads to, like, a curiosity. It's always led me to a curiosity. That's why I started studying Islam, the closest Muslim friend I ever had uh, that I met that was in school with us at a, at a Christian school. Um, he was, as far as I know, the only Muslim I ever knew and that was there, and probably the first Muslim I ever met that was, like, actively a practicing Muslim it captured my attention, because I was like, he's really nice, really sensitive, he was never sarcastic with people, he was always, you know, kind, never had a negative word to really say to people, he was never, like, offensive towards people, people would try to get under his skin, because he was different and stuff, and then people just realized, you know, it's bullying, and, like, it just didn't look right, you know, if people tried to, like, get to him, because he was so nice, it was like... (laughs) It was just like like genuinely nice and the whole family was just so nice. It's just like what did they have that we don't have? Cuz we're over here in this religious Christian school, Adventist school, and here's this Muslim family that looks like they're living a very uh not perfect life, but like the example that they set for just how they treat people. I was like, I want more of that in my life. Like it was I don't think I even knew that people like like that existed that like actually like just create like general safe spaces for people and just like you know we're just genuinely just like kind-hearted people most of the people I knew were kind of like yeah they're good they were nice they're great I'm not saying my friends weren't great but there was always like that sarcasm that kind of like a little jab here and there a little like let's debate and argue and a little bit of like intensity it was kind of tense it would get kind of tense sometimes but with him it was never like that it was always just chill and like very humble guy um, I'm not saying that my friends were bad people, but it's like we were all. I was in that category with my friends, like in this, you know. You know, like I I remember once, you know, I one year with yearbooks, I w- I went and I was like writing, like profanity. You know, that wasn't allowed at that school, but I'd be like, oh, you f and b, and like, like oh, like I, you know, you're lucky that in basketball I didn't kick your, you know what, and like. You know, like, it it was, like, I thought it was being playful. I thought it was being funny. Like, I thought it was humorous. I didn't think anyone would look at it as, like, bad. I was just, and I wrote that in a lot of people's yearbooks. I wrote all kinds of stuff with profanity in it. And one girl was, like, she kind of, like, tattled. She kind of had a big mouth, and she said it in front of, like, one of these lunch ladies. And the lunch lady read it and told our main teacher... And then the mean teacher got mad and kind of like told my parents and stuff. And they were just kind of like, whatever. But yeah, I was like, not too, um, pleased, you know, that, you know, I just never thought about it. Like nobody told me it was wrong. Like, you'd think, you know, I'm going around, like, cussing and swearing and stuff and, like, like, talking about, like, oh, white people this and all, you know, all this kind of stuff with my minority friends and, like, there was one girl, it was, like, the pastor's daughter who was, like, guys, you know, kind of, like, you know, but she was never, like, don't say that or stop saying that or whatever. Like, she was the only one who ever spoke up and said, like, anything. And so I, you know, I was, like, but she's the pastor's daughter and she's kind of, like, you know, my eyes, I was like, she's kind of like a goody goody. And she didn't really socialize with anybody or anything like that. So not too much. And so I kind of didn't really trust her judgment. I was just kind of like, okay, but yeah, I kind of had like a little chip on my shoulder and was a little bit like aggressive and, you know, obnoxious towards people, not too kind towards people. But I, I don't think I kind of made enemies of people. Like I was usually very accepting of people and didn't really like try to shun people away or anything like that but yeah like it was always these other types of people that always left this impression on me that I was like wow there's other people out there that are like that I can learn from like how did how are they that way when other people are like saying these things to them or doing these things to them if I never would have met people from other religions and other denominations that were different that had better qualities or qualities that I could learn from I don't think I would have known, you know, that there were people out there that live life differently and that it, that I I think that usually when I saw other people with a different lifestyle, I was always intrigued by it. Cause a lot of times I could see the good in it. Like I would see like my Japanese friends eating like super healthy foods. And I would see like my Indian friends eating like super healthy foods or like certain groups of, friends like my Latino friends like how they were very into their household and like you know maybe they didn't let the girls go out all the time too much but at least with my friend groups and stuff but you know they would have us over and invite us over and there'd always be like extended family there and like everyone would be like they'd they'd have music and everyone would just be like hanging out and stuff and like my family didn't do that you know we had extended family within a drivable distance but we hardly ever hung out like that, you know, we had, like, a few, like, maybe two or three parties that I can remember, but it wasn't, like, every single weekend, you know, we're having these family parties and, like, to get gatherings and stuff, and, like, everyone's catching up, and, like, that wasn't something that we did, and so, like, I saw all these different groups of people doing all these different things, and, you know, I kind of noticed, like, i kind of got a i kind of got a positive impression of other groups i never was like oh just because you're a different religion or a different race or different ethnicity or live on some other side of town or come from some other religious some other language background or from some other state that you're wrong and we're right and we're better like i always saw like oh they have this and they do this and i like that like they do this and i like that you know um So I'm pretty grateful that I grew up around, like, different types of people, even though it was, like, you know, it was kind of like an upbringing in an Adventist environment. Like, there were others there. It wasn't just only Adventists. And so I learned a lot from others that I was like, oh, I I wish that people, you know, at our church could, like, sit and have conversations and not, like, fight about it. Or, like, I wish that people could play sports and be nice and not have somebody like storming off and like kicking holes in the walls and like people cussing each other out it's like we literally had stuff like that happen I think the men's league once had like a a fight where like two of the teams were like fighting each other or something and these are like church deacons and like pastors and stuff it's like they're from two different churches but it was like it became pretty intense and i was just i think they canceled the league that for the rest of that season because of that fight and i was like there's stuff like that that i was just like what's going on um but yeah listening to this ex Jehovah's witness guy talk about jehovah's witnesses like it's kind of interesting cuz i've talked to jehovah's witnesses before and the thing that i liked i mean there were some things that i liked i mean i was always a little skeptical about their teachings because they have their own like weird bible that's like a little different and you know i'm not trying to like bash them i'm just saying like you know i do kind of have a little bit of problematic you know thoughts about like these high demand religions when i start seeing that they're really um trying to be abusive towards people but i didn't know like i knew the reason why i'm bringing them up is because you know why it struck a chord with me was because, you know, of the holidays, you know? Like, that's one thing around the holidays that I kind of often think about. Because I'm like, that's the first... I think that's the first place I ever heard about, you know, any denomination that kind of is in the category of Christian that doesn't celebrate holidays, including Christian holidays. Um, I was always interested in like, why don't Christians celebrate Jewish holidays, especially because the denomination I grew up in, we, we observed or had a version of observance of the seventh day Sabbath, you know, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So I was like, well, if we do this one and it says to keep this commandment, but all these other days it says these will be my holy days and keep this, keep these days like in these kind of ways. And we didn't do any of those. But then we, we actually, the church taught about, um, you know, why, why, you know, most Christian churches celebrate, you know, or, or go to church on Sundays and not on Saturdays. Um, and so we kind of knew about the traditions, you know, of the intertwining of like the paganism and stuff. We knew about that. And, you know, they didn't leave out the conversations, you know, about Halloween. Of course, that was a big one. They didn't really totally leave out the conversation about Christmas and paganism uh, uh, roots. Um, It was kind of in the conversation. Controversial. I remember when I think at one point some they put a Christmas tree on the stage at the church next to like the cross or something because there was usually this big cross that they would put up around the holidays. A big cross. It was, like, almost... I feel like they made it... They tried to make it, like, a replicated, like, life-size cross or something. Like, it was a big cross. Like, it took multiple people to carry that thing. It was heavy, big. Because um, around Easter, they always did this, like, dramatic service where they would, like, take nails and people could come up and, like, hammer a nail into the into the cross and it was just silence and you would just hear these nails as people were supposed to like think about their sins and they could come up and like hammer a nail and just to get like, you know, a visceral experience of it all. Like I was like, there was things that happened in these churches that I was like, what was going on? But it w- it would be like interactive stuff like that. That's like, that's not like a religious Easter thing that other churches really do. But it was like, I can see where it's coming from. Because, you know, you know, they want to think more about the crucifixion, not like the Easter bunny and all that. Like they, you know, they want to have their minds in the right place and the right focus of what was going on. Yet we're not celebrating Passover. We're celebrating Easter. And so it's kind of like there was always this weird thing with holidays for me because there was always this like, well, why don't we celebrate Passover if we're talking about not the Easter bunny and the egg hunts and all that kind of stuff and like oh well that's paganism but we still say we celebrate Easter but like we're trying to keep it super focused on biblical stuff and like you know why are people kind of like debating should we have the Christmas tree up there next to the cross on the stage when there wasn't always a Christmas tree maybe the tree was in the lobby it's like do we need the tree in the And the sanctuary, you know, can we put it, like, outside or something? (laughs) Like, there were people that were having these conversations, and I was kind of, like, there is kind of, like, I don't know, in Adventism, there was that kind of, like, I don't know kind of thing, you know? Um, And I think they did this, like, harvest festival. I remember when they started doing that, because they didn't always do it, but they wanted to have, like, an alternative for Christians and non-Halloween people on e- on Halloween to like have a gathering where they could go to that had you know you couldn't wear ghoulish costumes you couldn't you could be like I think I went once as like a snow snowboarder and like you could go as like a like a like a freaking you could go as anything. Uh, but not like a ghost or a demon or a devil or you could be like an angel or something, but you couldn't be like a ghost or anything like that or like, you know, a vampire per se or anything like that. Um, this is one thing I always find like super annoying is when I'm recording, somebody always likes to come and park like uh, an almost completely empty parking lot. And people want to come park over near where I'm at. Um, leaves the car walks off. I really just, I don't know, I wonder what's going on. <clears throat> I think people are either peeing around these buildings. I don't really know what's going on. Um, but yeah, this guy circled the parking lot at least like five times. I don't know. But anyways... Yeah, they did like this harvest festival where you could like bob for apples and play little games and stuff like go through mazes and like they always had like a zip line and a moon bounce and like food you could buy and like popcorn and maybe there'd be like a movie playing in one room, but it wasn't like anything about Halloween. It was like Aladdin or like some random movie. Um and You could wear costumes, fairies and all that kind of stuff, like something nice and acceptable nothing too risque. You couldn't be like a naughty nurse or anything like that, but you could just wear just like whatever kind of costume you want to wear other than those types of things. And it was still a little like, okay, well, how are we not celebrating Halloween here? If we just call it something else, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. I always found it kind of weird. I was like, okay, but those are the things that I think came up in my lifetime where they started doing Easter egg hunts every now and then for the kids and they you know I don't think I ever saw like a Santa come up or anything not that I remember but Easter was usually treated more seriously and then like Mother's Day they'd always give roses in the church that like every child who had a mother there could go and like get a rose at the front for free and then go give it to your mother during the allotted times um I think during Easter we had like palm fronds that we could get and just like they'd have a procession around the church where you'd be singing this song Hosanna in the highest and like waving the palm frond and like I don't know what they've changed but there was a time when they would do these types of things almost every year so it's like they always had holidays but it was always kind of like a mixed like okay we're doing our own kind of version of this. And we kind of talk about how, oh, no paganism and no other stuff, but then it's like we kind of do the paganism, but we kind of don't. I'd say maybe more than most stereotypical churches, there was more conversation about it, about the roots behind it than not, but it also, there were like little debates about things like the Easter egg hunts or the harvest festival or like all these other things. Um... And then some things they never debate, like Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, stuff like that. Like, nobody was really going to, like, debate that kind of stuff too much. Um, but, yeah, like, um, there was conversation, but they they would let people kind of, like, make their own decisions. They wouldn't, like, preach it one way or the other. Like, don't have a tree because it's rooted to this. Or don't let your kid go to Santa Claus and give a wish list. Or Like, they didn't really, like, talk about that like that they might talk about it a little bit about what it means but they never really talked about like do it don't do it you know but they didn't like fully inform us like they didn't fully inform us they kind of like vaguely mentioned it but then like left it alone because they were always careful not to offend you know they never wanted people to feel like ashamed of like doing something either right or wrong um so there were there was kind of that like they they never really wanted someone to feel like ashamed for doing what was even like wrong i guess um not saying that it was wrong but i'm just saying like if they would have labeled it as wrong they wouldn't want people they wouldn't make it so that people would feel wrong um and there were some other things where they didn't mind trying to put people in their places and then other people were like offended and stuff so there there was a lot of debating a lot of arguing people didn't really get along about certain topics often like the drums in the church and like there's all this kind of stuff there's all kinds of stuff that people would be fighting about that I remember um but yeah so when I first talk to any jehovah's witnesses that was something that kind of came up to me that i was like oh that's interesting you know that they don't they kind of have like an understanding of the pagan roots of holidays they understand it and they talk about it outwardly and they actually don't practice it but then they don't practice the jewish holidays either and they don't practice birth they don't celebrate birthdays they don't do any kind of celebrations that to me was like, oh, that's a little much, you know. <laughs> um but hearing this guy talk about it, um, about his examples of what he had to do, like he would be like in a classroom as a Jehovah's Witness kid, you know, eight years old or something, and everyone else is singing happy birthday and you know, probably participating, maybe there's a gift you know, from the teacher, like a card, everyone's singing happy birthday, everyone's gathered around maybe the birthday person or birthday people of the month or whatever it is for the class room and here's some cake and maybe some, you know, soda or whatever and like he would he would be like in the room. It's not like they separated him out and put him like in the print he said they didn't put him like in the principal's office or some other space. He would. He was there witnessing it, but he would have to be outside the group. So, like, if everyone was gathered around, he couldn't be gathered. He'd have to be, like, in the background somewhere observing, but not participating at all. He probably couldn't have any. He didn't say this specifically, but I'm guessing he wouldn't have been able to have any cake. He mentioned for Valentine's Day when kids are putting those pouches on the sides of their, their desks. For other people to come by and, you know, give a, give a Valentine's Day, a Valentine's card to like almost, or candy or whatever, to almost all your classmates or whatever. Um, You know, just giving them out to everyone. And um, he wasn't allowed to do that. Um, You know, he wasn't allowed to participate in any of that. He said he witnessed once you know a little boy getting a picture from a little girl that was in i guess they were if someone in the school or i guess the little boy was a jehovah's witness kid and the little girl was in the class and the little girl was really sweet and drew that little boy a picture of a santa claus and when the little boy came to show it to his mom She ripped the picture up or crumpled it up or something like that in front of in front of both of them. And the little girl was, like, super sad about it. Um, Those are the ones I can remember. But I do remember kind of that experience hearing about. um, Hearing about. You know, those kind of. Like. I always heard I heard how Jehovah's Witnesses were like oh we don't celebrate it but I never knew what it looked like I never knew that it was like so blatant and so like oh you don't just leave or like you're not passive about it it's like you're still kind of there you know you don't like it's not like when they have those sex ed classes and then like they send the kid to like another room to color in the library or whatever while they're or do like read a book or study for like an hour somewhere else and then they bring you back in or whatever Um, it's like you're witnessing it. And he said that for him, you know, it was good to witness that he was missing out on all that fun and all that, you know, participation and fun. And, you know, he, he said it was damaging. It was bad, but at the, at the same time, it was good. It was part of something that maybe helped him leave because he kind of realized that he was missing out on all these things. Um, And I'm not, you know, I talk a lot about different holidays on here, um, because I think it's important, you know, um, a friend told me the other day, you know, like I was just mentioning something about Kwanzaa and a friend told me the other day, they'd never heard of it. And I'm like, I didn't know that there were people who lived in the U S who talked to people like, you know, as therapists and things who've never heard of Kwanzaa. Like, maybe they're not from the U.S., but, like, they've lived in the U.S. for at least, like, 15 years or longer. I don't know. Probably at least 15 years. And I'm like, how have you never heard of Kwanzaa? You've lived in, like, major cities. Like, it's not, like, that hidden, is it? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just kind of weird to me. Um, but I've had my own during with holidays. You know, I'm not against them because I... I kind of see the value. I feel like I can do my own thing and have other people do their own thing. And I don't have to explain it to anybody, you know? Um, you know, if people w- wish me a Merry Christmas. You know, I don't mind saying Merry Christmas to people, you know? Just like if it's someone's birthday, I can say happy birthday. I mean, it's their birthday. It's not my birthday. It's their birthday. So why is it bad? You know, that's kind of how I see it. If someone's wishing me like a happy holiday about some kind of holiday that I'm not really too interested in actively practicing I can still wish them a a happy holiday because it's their holiday it's what they're doing you know so I don't really mind it because I kind of treat it almost like a birthday where it's like well if it's your birthday of course I'm going to say happy birthday if it's your holiday yeah happy holiday to you you know like people don't need to know what I'm doing in my own thing like you know I just make my own choices with it Um, I don't mind observing stuff like uh, as far as like being in the room and stuff like when people are celebrating stuff like I'm I'm not I think I draw the line at um, if it's a ceremonial thing that I don't understand uh, I think I draw the line there like I don't know if I'd go to some kind of like Wiccan thing. Like, I'm not against Wiccans, it's just I don't understand it enough to be there and be like, oh, I feel, like, educated enough to, like, engage with this, you know? I feel kind of like, I know what I was taught about it, I don't know what I think about it, and I kind of like to know kind of what I'm getting myself into before I do. Now, if I was at someone's house and they started doing some kind of, like, prayer to some kind of thing, like, you know... Like, I've had, I've had friends invite me to pray at their temples to their gods and things, um, or I've gone with friends who showed me around certain, like, Hindu temples and asked me if I wanted to, like, pray or bow or do some kind of ritual, and I, I, you know, I'm kind of, like, I'm just here to, like, observe, you know, like, you can do what you want to do, but, like, I don't understand it enough to be, like, bowing into people and, like, or idols and all these kind of things and it's yes it is because I was raised in a Christian denomination that teaches you not to like be bowing to idols and stuff but I don't know anything about that I've never you know practiced bowing down to idols I've never you know practiced um, that experience with idols Um, I don't think I'm going to come here at night anymore. Somebody's posting up to sleep out in front of the store. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never, um, like I've never really done that. Like, I don't really know much about it. I've never actively known that I was like worshiping some some god from something that I don't really understand. Like anything I've worshiped, I've tried to understand it before I've decided that I want to worship it. Um now I I've learned a little bit, not much, not enough about the history of of Yahweh and another deity which i don't really understand fully enough um but there is this uh historical theory about you know what the ancient hebrews were worshiping before you know they went with moses into the wilderness and left slavery um I guess the biblical, the Bible kind of does present itself very linearly, but it seems like there was some other kind of, like, there there might have been some other kind of, like, idols that were, at least one of them was named Yahweh. I think there was another one, too, um, but I don't remember what it was, but I don't know. I try to focus on, you know, ultimately, religions... Most of them, the root is love, right? All the rituals and things are... They're important, you know, as worship of the individual to the deity. It's not... And it can be a communal thing, too. But, you know, I don't think... I don't think you have to have, like, a religious community. I don't know. I mean, the idea of, like, a minion is is maybe you know, something that is, I think it comes from the Bible, but it's not, I don't think the Bible says you have to have like eight people or whatever to have like a true worship service, but I do know the tradition of it, uh, in Judaism, especially when they have like a, a prayer service or any kind of service, I guess, you know, if you have eight people, to minyan, and, you know. I know Christians always say, you know, uh, wherever there are two or more gathered, you know, then the Lord is there or something. Um, they take that from the New Testament. Um, I do, I do think that, you know, worshiping with other people is helpful, but also sometimes I find it, I, to be honest, I find it to be sometimes a little difficult lately. Um to be involved like and it's because of this this idea of love uh the concept of love I feel like I feel like I understand it I'm not saying that I fully am able to like practice it 110 percent and I'm perfect at it and good at it because I I know where I fall short I see it on a regular basis and I'm like you know I need to be kinder I need to be you know gentler and all this other stuff and I'm just like sometimes I'm just like dude I'm so grumpy and I know this person's gonna come up and talk to me while I'm like trying to cook in the kitchen I just don't want to talk to anybody and then here they come and start talking to me and it's like even if I say I don't really feel like talking and then here they come again and it's like sometimes I'm just not in the mood to like interact and I have a lot of that where it's like I don't really have enough space to like not interact when I don't feel like it you know (laughs) like I'm constantly being tested and forced to like interact with people when I really don't feel like doing it and those people just for some reason just never seem to understand that I am not as social as they make me out to be and I don't want to listen to what they have to say at certain times and I just want to be by myself and I didn't come out here to talk to you and I'm just kind of in my own head and I just don't want to talk to anybody like and they they just want to talk you know and they don't ask or care if I'm ignoring them or like kind of seem grumpy it's just hard for me to kind of like control my emotions especially when I'm like okay I'm hungry like I'm coming out here to cook because I'm hungry I'm already kind of in a hangry mood I don't want to talk to anybody and then they want to talk to me while I'm cooking and it's like dude it's just not the best time I'm not in a good mood or I just came out from like doing a lot of work and I was like out and about in the city and then I'm like I gotta come home and I was I'm stressed from like driving all over in traffic and then like I come home and then first thing somebody wants to talk to me and it's like this is not the time you know but I think that's a constant problem I'm gonna have to deal with and if that's the biggest problem I have to deal with then so be it but it's like I tell people I'm like if I walk in the door I don't want to talk if I'm cooking I don't want to talk I don't know how many times I have to say it I've said it almost every day multiple times and people don't want to listen and I guess they just want to You know, like you're going to get my grumpy side if you are doing that. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, what do you want me to do? You know, like I can try to be nice and calm, but I'm like, dude, I'm literally like not in a good mood to be talking right now. Just give me like 45 minutes and I'll be perfectly fed and cheerful or relaxed and cheerful and feel better. But they don't want to give it time. They're like, this is the time I want to talk to you while you're not in the mood to talk to me. It's like, fine. Well, then you're going to get my attitude then, and that's, I deal with that, and it's like, I don't think it's right, I'm not saying it's right, it's not easy for me to, like, control it, and at certain points, I'm like, I don't think I should have to control it, because I've outwardly said just, I don't want to talk, and if people just want to keep talking to me, it's kind of like a boundary issue at a certain point, it's like, if you're just going to bombard me, and I'm not in the mood, like, what do you want me to do, but I don't think it's right, it's not loving, it's not nice, it's not kind, it's not gentle, it's not peaceful, it's none of that. But at the same time, it's, like, other people have to read the room sometimes, too, and it's, like, you know, so I would say that's kind of one of my bigger issues socially, where it's, like, I just don't understand why people just can't get it through their their thick skulls sometimes, but that's just how it's going to be. Um, that's something I'll just have to deal with. Um... Like, I'm not getting that right on a pretty regular basis. I think I'm getting better with it, but it's, you know, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Like, when my energy is depleted, it is not a time for me to be interacting with people. And I already know that, and other people just don't seem to mind. They're like, I'm lonely, I want to talk. It's like, well, if you want to talk to this version of me, then keep on talking. But it's like, you could wait a while, and I'll come back and talk to you, but it's like, no they don't want to wait it's like I don't understand where that comes from where people like to talk to grumpy people but it's like all right well it's kind of your choice too but the best way I've found to resolve that is just walk around the house with earphones in and then if people talk to me I just don't respond and I'm just like whatever it's rude but at least I'm not being directly rude to you verbally um but I don't really know I don't really know It's something that I, I don't think I'm ever gonna really be too great at it. I'm, I'm getting better and I'm working at it and as my life, it, and I'm working on my stress levels and my health and stuff, like, I am getting better with it, but it's still, I can still feel it, like, every now and then. I'm, like, I can tell when I'm just, like, in a tense mood. I just don't want to talk to people and a lot of times I can be like that. I can be, like, in a tense mood. I just, i am not in the mood to like talk to people but then I have I often have people in my life where I'm sharing a house with people that don't talk to anybody ever and so I'm the person that they see in person that they like to talk to all the time like they could not care less if I do not care if I'm in a mood or whatever they're just like happy to see somebody and I'm just like you need to get out and like make friends and talk to other people um, but I, I'm constantly living in houses full of lonely people. And I think that's probably a problem on my own end too. I mean, that's on me. So, you know, uh, cause it is a conscious decision. So that's on me, but, um, yeah, I don't think it's right. Like, I don't think it's right to treat people like that, you know, but I would say, you know, when I think about love, you know, I know what it looks like. So I can even tell, like I give that as an example of myself to be like, I can tell when I'm not being loving. I can, I can sense it. I can feel it. Usually sometimes, sometimes I'm like not aware at all, but most times I can kind of tell, like I can not foresee, but I can kind of tell, like if I go home, for example, and I'm like, uh, like I'm just kind of like tired and I just want to go to my room and just like lay down. And then somebody like here's the car roll up and so they try to be nice and open the door and then they want to talk to me when they're at the door like sometimes I'll just sit in the car until they shut the door just so I don't have to talk to them as I'm walking up the driveway and it's like I need space like I don't really like just feeling like you know how puppies are when you come home and they're like barking when you're like four houses down the street already because they can sense that you're coming and like that's kind of how it feels, like, dude, this is too much, you know, it's, like, you gotta, like, give me some space, you know, like, but I don't know, some people just, you know, they're, they're a little overbearing with their energies, and they just don't care how, how it affects other people, or they do care, and they just can't handle it themselves, like, they might not be able to kind of, like, dial it back, and, it's that combination for, like, people like me and people like that, that's not a, an ideal conversation, like, the moody people that kind of like to keep to themselves a lot, and then the people that are super lonely that kind of overdo it and always want to be, like, chatting and chattering and, like, talking to you when you're kind of in the middle of doing other stuff, and it's, like, you know, I very mindfully cook, I very mindfully, like, clean, you know, I'm focused on what I'm doing, I don't like people, like, talking to me about like whatever they're trying to do and stuff in the background when I'm like you know all these ideas that they have in their minds and stuff like I really don't want to talk about that you know I'm really not interested um unless I'm interested I'm not interested like I can't give like partial attention to people I guess that's what it is too I'm very like if you want my attention it's kind of all or nothing it's like I I will only talk to people when I'm not busy at all and then they will get my full undivided attention. Or if I'm doing something, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, that's kind of how it is. You know, friends, family, housemates, whoever it is, That that's one thing I'm kind of learning about myself. Uh, and some people like that multitasking, like they want to like talk to you while they're doing other stuff. And it's like, no, I think I draw the line at like, OK, if I'm walking somewhere, I might talk on the phone or from driving, I might talk on the phone especially because I get these, like, long drives and stuff, but other than that, you know, if I'm not, like, talking on the phone or whatever, um, I'm really not gonna, I'm really not gonna be too, uh, all that concerned, um, you know, I'm usually gonna keep it kind of mellow, but I don't know. I don't know. But when it comes to, you know, these ideas of love, I guess what I'm trying to say is. I kind of notice it in a different way than a lot of people, Um, which makes me kind of hesitant towards like religious services, because I'm always looking for like, okay, what are they saying? That's not loving. What are they saying? that's not about love. I kind of pick that out that's all the stuff that I like try to pick out. I'm like, you know, if I pick at anything, that's what I pick at. I'm like, what are they saying? That's not love. And then I'll sometimes catch things and I'm like, that's not love. You know, that thing that they do or that they teach is not love, you know, and they call it love. They're like, Oh, this is love. We're, we're doing this out of love. You know, we're treating you bad out of love. You know, we're treating you, you know horribly out of love you know so you'll learn your lesson or like a lot of it's like they want people to stay in line it's an act of control they treat people bad or do bad things or teach other people to do bad things because they want people to stay in line because you can't really have a religion where everybody's doing whatever they want to do without following the rules like I don't know if there's a religion like that that exists where people can just do whatever they want to do like you have to come to services, at least on, like, the major days or something, like, you have to have some kind of, like, structure to it, you know, you have to believe in what you're worshiping, you have to follow whatever the tenets are, at least know about them and study about them and try to follow it, you know, um, or at least pretend like you do, like, you gotta, like, do some of it, like, I don't know of many religions where you're, like, okay, like I said, I'm this religion, but I don't have to do any of it, no one's ever gonna call me, you know, there's no accountability, there's no teaching of how to live, and, like, some kind of method that people can use to kind of engage with others and have a community that practices these things, like, usually there's going to be that, and what I find is, you know, there's always going to be people who kind of have this warped idea of love, and I just don't want to learn from those people anymore, and it's, it's just... You know, sometimes I hear it and I'm like you hear these people in these like heated heated kind of like, you know, like I had a friend once when one of my friends unfortunately got divorced and I knew that one of my other friends thought really bad about it, like was mad about it and thought, oh, like they're doing like some immoral thing by getting divorced. And in my head, I'm like, dude, my poor friend got divorced, you know, like that sucks. And I hope that they're OK and I don't want to, you know, overstep or like comment on it, really, because it's not really my place. And I, I'm i just like, I just feel bad for them. You know, I never even knew what happened and they never even told me. And I never even asked because it's none of my business. I was curious, to be honest, I was curious. I mean, why would I not be curious? You know, these people have been in my life since like childhood. I'm curious, you know, um, especially because there were no signs of it. So I was pretty shocked, Um, but my other friend, I remember kind of mentioning, like, why, you know, why, you know, what do you think about, you know, people getting divorced? And I, I, I remember making some comment, like, you know, it's none of my business, but you know, I'm not married, I've never been married, but, you know, if I was with someone who was abusive towards me, I don't see any problem with divorcing them, you know, and then I was kind of asking my friends, I don't remember what they said, but I was like, as your friend, if I married somebody who was beating me up all the time, you know, wouldn't you want me to leave them, you know what I mean, it's like, would you be like, no, the religion says to stay, you know what I mean, it's like, you know... And I don't think the Adventist religion is, like, that ultra strict about divorce. Like, it is, but it isn't. It's not like some religions where you're going to, like, lose your membership and lose everything, you know, because you got divorced. Like, it's kind of your own decision. But people will treat you different. They'll treat you like crap. It's like, they'll take sides. It's just the whole thing. And, you know, there's stuff like that that happens where I'm just like... But they want to call it loving and act loving. And I know people get uncomfortable. So it's like, okay, if you find out that someone in your church is gay or something, you know, some people are uncomfortable with that. Or if you find out that someone got divorced, some people are uncomfortable with that. So they're going to act weird and crazy in all kinds of strange ways. I'm not saying it is right. I'm just saying they're going to act strange. They're going to act weird. Especially when it has anything to do with, like, sexuality and things. Because people are so, like, repressed and messed up about it. They're always going to, like, say something weird. But it's like, you know, the, like, joke. Like, "Uh uh-huh, that didn't last long with that marriage. Or, like, whatever. It was like, that's so inappropriate. But people think... Think that they're not being unloving, you know. By doing these things. By reacting certain ways. By being, like, um you know, joking in certain ways by, you know, just not acting loving. They don't see it. Sometimes they just don't see it. They think that they're acting in love. They think, oh, this is love. You know, when I, when I put this person in their place in front of a bunch of people, this is love because what I'm saying is, is right. And they were wrong and they wronged me. Therefore, I need to, like, shame them in front of everybody. And, like, they think that's right because they feel like it's right. But it's like, is it right? Just because it's naturally coming out of you, is it right? Like, just because I'm naturally feeling grumpy, it's not right for me to be all, like, grouchy with people. It's not right. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, when people overstep boundaries, it's like, there's a certain point where it's like, you know people aren't stupid, you know what I mean, I feel like sometimes, sometimes people have very, very low awareness, that's definitely true, sometimes people have very, very uh, low ability to, like, control their impulses, and and sometimes people have very low ability to kind of um, put it all together and, like, not act on how they feel so it can go either way right if I'm talking about the grumpy example you know you know I can be aware of how grumpy I am but it's hard to control it and especially if I think that someone's purposely doing something because they're also not controlling their impulses to talk to me when I don't want to talk to them you know it's kind of like these two things battling each other it's like they might want to talk just as much as I don't want to talk, you know, so I'm naturally just like shutting down and they're naturally just like ultra chatty. And it's like, this is not a good combination. So it doesn't matter what I tell them because their level of awareness isn't going to be there when they're in a an impulsively chatty mood and I'm not feeling it. They're not going to be like, oh, like, oh, let me be aware that I'm annoying this person. <laughs> Let me be aware that this person literally just told me that they don't want to talk and I'm overstepping that boundary by talking to them still and keeping on talking and talking and talking, you know, and, you know, literally, you know, like that's kind of what I think it is. You know, people can't control their impulses sometimes Um with that kind of stuff. It's like, They but it's also up to them. It's like if you're really that lonely or that caffeinated or whatever it is, get some social hobbies where you're interacting with more people, you know, like you're deprived of social interactions. You can't just take it out on like the person who you see next, you know, just because you feel like you want to talk to somebody even if they don't want to talk to you like you'd rather talk to someone who doesn't want to talk to you than to find people who do want to interact it's like that's not fair to other people either so it's kind of like people kind of want to I'm not saying that like you know when it gets to a level of like abusiveness that's not okay but it's like you know it kind of goes both ways is how I see it and it's like I don't think either one of them is right um, most people would probably say, oh, like, that lonely, chatty person, that poor person, it's like, yeah, well, there are people actively wanting to hang out with you, people who want to kind of, like, interact and, like, do stuff, and you're avoiding them, and it's like, I don't want to talk, you know, to, a a lot of times, too, if there's, like, that age gap, too, it's like, you know, people my age in their 30s, early 40s, and then there's people in their 60s and 70s, it's kind of like, Sometimes you just don't want to have conversations with them, like, so much, you know? It's, like, it's too much sometimes. It's, like, they want to talk about things that, like, we're in completely different worlds, you know? Like, I'm not retired. I'm not looking to retire anytime soon. And they just want to, like, live that retired life and, like, talk to you about all the retired things. And I'm more focused on career-related things and, like, my social life and stuff like that. And they're not focused on any of that. They're focused on their hobbies and these other things that they've got going on and it's like i we're in two different worlds like we're so far apart on so many things and you know it's important to find middle ground and time for it but especially if it's family members but i also you know i do see i'm not i'm just using this as an example but i do see that you know oftentimes when there are like two conflicting kind of like personality areas Or like social areas. Oftentimes it's like, you know, people don't, people aren't like sometimes aware of their own self, like, or they're not able to control their impulses, even if they are aware or they just ignore boundaries. And if they seem, they, I don't know, sometimes it's hard when people are nice, but I don't, maybe this is mean for me to say, I don't think just because someone's nice, they get a pass at overstepping boundaries. It's like, if I tell my neighbor I don't want them to keep bringing me desserts, but they keep baking desserts and leaving them on my doorstep, and I don't want them, and they keep doing it, yeah, it's nice, but it's like, I don't want you to do it anymore, (laughs) you know? It's like, there's stuff like that where it's like, if somebody asks you to stop doing something, you know, stop doing it, (laughs) you know? But also there's the impulsivity, you know, and the lack of awareness. People maybe don't notice that they're doing it or they don't care because they're, they've they got that impulse control issue where it's like, for me, I'm usually too socially overwhelmed. So I don't usually feel so much desire to be talking to to certain people all the time. And then there's some other people that are usually too under- socially stimulated and so they're deprived of social interactions and they want to be talking all the time you know even if there's no depth to what they're saying it's like I don't really like all the like so the surfacey conversations it's like we're not even talking about anything (laughs) like like you're just like chattering you're just chattering to me and it's just like noise in the background I don't even like the tv on in the background I'm not one of those people that likes background noise when I'm doing stuff. I don't need constant chatter. I like silence. I like silence unless I'm actively, like, thinking about something, you know, or watching something or engaging with it. Like, I don't like to do too much multitasking. It stresses me out, but I don't know. I don't know. That's, it's not just that, but that's kind of one of the reasons why I kind of, like, steer clear of, like, churchy environments. Um... That's one main reason. It's not the only reason. But yeah, overall, I would probably say... If we're talking about... um, You know... Ex-Jehovah's Witness religion... Or people who... Were previously part of the Jehovah's Witness religion... And... Not celebrating common holidays... Um, I can kind of relate to that. I find it to be relatable. Um, and like I said, I don't think it's like a... I'm not trying to make like a judgment like good or bad. Just I'm just thinking that specifically, you know, the holiday thing. Uh, it's kind of like a weird thing uh, to me. Um, it was kind of funny on um, Instagram. There was this uh, little clip where it was like, Romanian, you know, like, types of Romanian ty- the way that types of Romanian celebrations look in, um, in, uh, you know, in Romania, and the Romanian Christmas celebrations, and it shows, like, you know, people dressed in these, like, bear, you know, costumes or regalia, I don't know if they're costumes or regalia, some, some of them look like some kind of sheep or something, or deer, and people like making these kind of strange almost creepy movements and these like sheep looking things with no like faces and like it was kind of creepy I've never seen anything like that it was kind of creepy looking um some of the stuff was with the costumes or regalia that looked like animals and stuff uh, just they look kind of creepy, wolf, wolf, like scary looking wolf faces and stuff. And I was like, I wonder what this is. And I looked through the comments, and one person was like, "Pagan, you know, paganism. This has nothing to do with Christ." And I'm just thinking, like, yeah, Christian, uh, Christmas is a pagan holiday, <laughs> you know. It that also kind of technically has nothing to do with Christ. It just was, you know, it's a commemoration, you know. Um, it's like people decide to celebrate the birth of Jesus on that day. And I think most Christians are kind of aware. They're like, well, Jesus was probably not born then. And almost every theory about like the birth, the life and birth of Jesus, almost every theory that I've ever heard agrees that he wasn't born on December 25th. And, you know, you can even check in history when... You know, people who practice Christianity started to celebrate Christmas. Like, it wasn't, like, an early holiday. It's not a Jewish holiday. People confuse it with Hanukkah, which isn't even the same thing. It's near the same time of year, usually, and sometimes it's the same time. But Hanukkah follows a a lunar cycle, so Hanukkah's different every year. Um, Hanukkah's always different. So... Um, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, I, the thing is, it's weird, uh, I'm not so against paganism, my reasoning for not being so against it is because a lot of, a lot of cultures followed paganism before the spread, or, or something similar to a type of paganism before the spread of Christianity, And so because, you know, a lot of ancient and, you know, indigenous religions might have some kind of pagan related things attached to them. Who am I to say that it's wrong just because it's before Christianity spread? You know, it's like there were tons of people around the world who were practicing all kinds of stuff before they ever even heard about Jesus or before, you know, that message was even being spread to anybody. And there were tons of people who were practicing stuff before Jesus even existed on earth. I mean, Jesus was only around about 2,000-something years ago. And so if you think about how long humanity's been around, there were people around before 2,000 years ago. And they were doing other things. And so it's like... You know, who am I to say that what they were doing in their traditions are like way wrong just because, just because, you know, Christianity's newer and people say that that's what everybody needs to be now? It's like, I don't know. I kind of have a problem with that. I do have a problem with that. I think Christianity's fine for the people that it's fine for. That's kind of my overall opinion about it. Not everything is right for everybody. I don't believe that everybody needs to believe the same, act the same. Um, Just like I mentioned, you know, I learned so much just from people who are different from me and got so much value out of their differences that it's nearly changed. It's changed me in a positive way. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Like I mentioned, I'm not perfect. There's stuff I'm not good at. There's stuff I could definitely be way better at. But there's a lot of ways socially that I wouldn't even know that it was possible to control your anger or to get in a mindset where, like, people are, like, around you trying to, like, bring you down and you're, like, able to kind of, like, stand your ground in a compassionate way without, like, lashing out at people. Um, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even really know that. And here's an example. I just pull up to the house and somebody slightly opens up the door a little bit for me. It's like, come on. Give me some space. And then they're going to say, right, when I open the door, the response is going to be right away. Oh, I didn't know you were gone. It's like, yeah, you knew I was gone or else you wouldn't have opened the door. Like, (laughs) you're just trying to, like, talk to me. But. But that's what I mean, you know. Um, people want to be impulsive. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Part of me is like, I have a hard time taking things lightly. You know, I maybe I think sometimes that people, you know, are more aware or could be more aware than they are. Um, I think I'm pretty aware of myself. I'm just not, I'm not a very, I'm not super great at impulse control. And then I think I'm around a lot of people that are just not very aware of themselves. Um, And some of them aren't good at impulse control. So whether that's impulses to be nice or impulses to not be nice. Um, They're just not um, aware of it or in control of it. It's hard to deal with. Um... Well I don't know in all situations it's like things could be worse right um I'm trying to drink this water but I don't know like, I was even taught about things like meditation being evil and, like, all kind of stuff like that. Um, I was taught all kinds of things. And I'm, like, you know, it's good to kind of de- deconstruct a lot of it. And I feel like, for myself personally, you know, being too involved with, like, church and church culture too much kind of makes me more... Like, I kind of know what's right for me and I know what love is supposed to look like, um, but I don't think that I know a lot of people who like to practice love, or who really are, like, too good at, like, um, like some people, yeah, but I'm talking about church people, um, I think they don't fully practice love sometimes. Like, they're kind of caught up in the prejudices that the church teaches. And I just kind of don't feel any real need to, like, be exposed to that. Because I've been away from it for almost like a decade. And it's been heavenly and amazing and life-changing. And I don't see a lot of benefit to going back to that for my own self, personally. Um... But I don't know, so I guess that's almost all I have to say at the moment we'll We'll see otherwise. I'll see what else I get into learning. I'll be talking about that once I get into some more stuff. But for the time being, Um, that's the kind of stuff I'm working on lately. It's more of like the social stuff. I feel like that's harder with religious thought to kind of work on all that kind of stuff. Versus, you know... Uh, Let's read the Bible and learn about, like, the history of these people. You know, I feel like, you know, my place is to learn more about, you know, the social aspects of things from a psychological perspective and how people can create those communities inside or outside of a church or whatever religion or whatever belief system or community type you live in. I think that is something that you can see in all cultures. It's possible to see it in all cultures. It's not just like, oh, a Christian thing or a Jewish thing or a Muslim thing or, like, whatever. Um, That's really how I believe. Um, Like I say, I was raised Christian, but I think overall what makes the biggest impact is having, you know, safe social relationships and families with friends and all that I don't think I don't feel like churches teach that like how to do it you know they're too busy talking about the bible stories and things and like putting some spin on it and it's like meanwhile people are going home and they're like I don't know how to treat how to react when I come home from my crazy boss I don't know how to react when I Come home from traffic. I don't know how to react when I wake up in the morning and haven't slept enough and my kids aren't getting ready fast enough. I don't know how to react just the fact that I'm working two jobs or I don't know how to react with this family member who's overspending, like my spouse is overspending up past our budget and like we're broke or in debt, up to our knees, up to our necks. You know. People fight, people argue, people can't have conversations, they don't know how to sit and talk about things. Um, that's what I want to learn. It's that kind of stuff, you know. And I feel like that goes over well, you know. I feel like, you know, all religions could do better to teach people, um, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. That's just my two cents. We're over an hour now. Um, I should go in because it's getting a little bit chilly out, actually, but with that. Thanks for listening.